about to enter a world of pain, suffering, and laughter. doing it live <laughs> worst doing gig it ever podcast live and raw i'm jeff garlock mike pace like sushi raw like sushi <laughs> nana cherry's hit <laughs> don't remember that hit but i do remember talking to john murray today's guest is john murray that's right he has done it all he is he is a comedic actor he is an improviser and he is a purveyor wrong word of shitty gigs <laughs> this guy has worked at some places you wouldn't believe until you, some until you that you would believe but that would be interested in still listening i about. mean this guy he's 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 slung a hash as in corned beef hash johnny rockets he has slung laid tunes. pipe <laughs> and by that Maybe i mean he's kind D- of laid pipe. dsl we do talk about everything we talk about movies we talk about music this guy loves uh, it bad all. shows he's seen he, he loves it all you know and we love loves? talking to him he loves the new daft punk record which does uh, love if we're gonna daft be topical punk. it's been out for a few weeks at this point jeff and i are big fans go support daft punk Download their record. They need your help. People. They really need your help, guys. If you can just help out this little mom and pop band that no one talks about, Daft Punk, uh, they really could use that extra boost. You know, and you know who else could use that extra boost? That's the worst gig ever crew. We have these guys who are working for us, who are uploading it, who are editing, who are putting the thing together. Working their fingers to the bone. So when you download the show via worstgigeverpodcast.tumblr.com, you find us on iTunes, you Google us, you find us on Facebook, and you listen, you know that our staff of underpaid lackeys gets an extra couple nickels at the end of the day. So do them a favor and check out those old episodes. Do it. But for now, check out John Murray on Worst Gig Ever. Please! <laughs> I decided in like my sophomore year of college, and my folks were like, you need a summer job. And like, I just rushed right into it without thinking about it. <laughs> and I got myself a job at Johnny Rockets. <laughs> of course, yes. <laughs> Famed uh, 50s theme, yes. 50s Greasy Steiner. Spoon. Yeah, uh, which, you know, uh, corporate, like, chain yes. Greasy Spoon. There's one in the Cancun airport. Yes. Uh, it's very awkward. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this will be fine. And then, like, you, I was like, oh, you have to sing. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm a performer. This should be a problem for me. But then, like, you suddenly start realizing, like, I was, like, what, like, uh, 19 at the time or 20? Where I was like, no, this is lame. This is right. cool. And, like, I like I wear that 50s designer hat, and I'm just like, I d- wouldn't want my friends to see me this way. Not that I care about peer pressure, but it was just already, like, it just was a slow dawning realization of, like, wait a second, what have I gotten myself right. into? There's a lot of stuff there to just pull the I don't care about peer pressure card. <laughs> it's like you got a lot of layers to work through. I mean, really, like working at Johnny Rockets, you're going to care about peer pressure. Right. Okay. Like, all right. Peer pressure is a very real thing. Right. And sometimes it has some positive aspects. Right. This was one of them right. where I shouldn't work there. <laughs> so like, uh, everywhere, everyone I work with there was like crazy, especially the woman who hired me. I had no waiting experience whatsoever. So I was very intimidated by the whole aspect of, of doing that and getting it right. Uh, I'm horrible with money. Uh-huh. So figuring out tips and stuff like that, it was just like each table was like, I had to break out an abacus. It was that bad. <laughs> and then, uh, but this woman, I think like, this is like the, one of those kind of moments where you're like, look back, you're like, I think she thought I was cute. You know, I was like a 19 year old kind of like, Big smile, sunny disposition where she was just like, come on. All oh, right. Like, have him work here. What an adorable kid. And uh she was like the general manager. She ended up having like a heart attack on the gig, man. Oh what? She really? like collapsed in the back, had to be taken to the hospital. And like for the rest of the summer, halfway through like that, let's say I started in June. 
was wrapping up in September. Like she didn't come back uh, after I left. <laughs> so then they bought in like the fixer. They bought in like the the Mr. Wolf of course right, uh, of that. And and that woman like had no wanted like no part of me. Like that's when I kind of got whipped into shape. By the time when I was leaving, I actually like became a decent waiter. But like where it was like there was a couple of rough weeks where it was like this like smoky horsed woman who was just like would come in. She'd be like, you guys. <laughs> She's like, let me tell you right now. All right, your YMCA shit. All right, you guys need to work on your YMCA. We're going to run it, and we're going to run it again until we all get it right. All right, good. We got that down. Now we got to do my kind of town, Sinatra. All right? You all going to sing into those ketchup bottles, and we're going to get it right. You know? It was just like... You she, sang YMCA at Johnny Rockets? You would have to sing YMCA if that came on. My kind of town, Chicago is. You'd have to sing that one into ketchup bottles. Uh, what was another one that I can't, there was like another song. There were certain songs when they played. Why was it? It was a perennial fifties favorite the perennial that was written in the seventies. Exactly. Cross generational kind yes. of, uh, Johnny's Rockets scope. is the fifties that takes place during the Greece era. Like, okay, like you know, right. when Greece, it's, it's the seventies approximation of, of the fifties. Right. Yeah. It's that, exactly. it's that 20 year cycle. Cycle. It, totally true. Yes. I'm glad, I'm glad we're talking about that. It's, it's the sha na na, if you will. Yeah. Of if, corporate if, 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 Nothing, nothing real there. Right. So that, that was the, that was, and I was also working at the time, that same summer, this is the worst summer of my life. Uh, I was. Do we have a year on this? Oh man, what year was it? It had to be somewhere around 90. No. Yeah. Maybe it was like 98 into 99 Oof. or 97 into 98. Rough. That's a rough era. Rough yeah. era, man. Uh, so <laughs> I, I like, I should have gotten an internship. Like I should have, like, I, like a lot of the stories we will talk about with me today is just like me, like I, I, here, here's how I think of myself. I think of myself as a street smart guy. All right. I think of myself as a street smart guy. My life experience proves it me to be the exact opposite. I'm this naive kind of like foolish person that has no clue what's going on. So I, I really should have gone. I went to, I was going to college for theater. I should have gone in and I, like I had, my parents would never hold me back on any of this. If I wanted to go and do an inter- internship right. in the summer, my parents would be like, go for it. Uh-huh. But I never like took that on. I was just like, I'm going to stay in New Jersey. <laughs> so, which like at the, especially at college, I was not very happy in that state anymore. I sure. really needed to get the hell out of there. So I also was, um, I was being a camp counselor at, at, during the day. A day uh, camp. Like at a day, day camp, 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 which counseling. I had been doing for years, but I got a promotion. So I became like this kind of boss. Uh-huh. But like I just was miserable there. I was like miserable to the kids. I was miserable to my coworkers. Fun summer experience. My best friend was my boss. And like he would always <laughs> have to be like, come on, man. Like he's like, you can't. You can't say that to those kids. Taking advantage of that relationship. I mean, I crossed the line. There was a one day where I was just pissed and like some kid wouldn't do something. So I threw a ball at him and like my big boss caught me do it. And it was just like this kind of thing of like, you can't be throwing balls at kids when they won't do stuff. (laughs) So then I had like the big boss pissed at me and then my best friend had to be the middleman to keep me hired. Like we still talk about it. He's like, like we'll come up because he's like, you know, one of the two friends I still have at home, (laughs) and he'll just be like, "Wow, you like it was hell that summer. Like I had to get you out of so many jams where you were just like always on the chopping block of getting fired from like a job you can't get fired from." So you're pulling a shift at Rockets, Rockets, like Rockets at night, at night, and then you're you're working with the kids. I'm working with the kids in the afternoon, and I'm just I'm miserable. I'm just like I'm miserable. (laughs) Why were you doing the double shit? Just because money? Money? Yeah, like like, you know, it's like you know. Um, College kid, you need that summer. Need that, that, need summer, that summer money. money. Yeah, I only needed the one. I need two kids. <laughs> hey, man. I grew up in a rich town. Yeah. You know, hi. I hear you, man. I, I was drinking imported beer at the time. <laughs> Foie gras burgers exactly. every well, night. Totally. Just as as a, a tangent, my only Johnny Rockets experience, yeah. and you can probably relate to this. I remember being like thirteen or fourteen is when the first times my buddy Jason and I. We went out for lunch yeah. by ourselves. Like, yeah. it's a, I think it was probably the summer there was a Johnny Rockets somewhere nearby. We went out to Johnny Rockets for lunch. And, and this is, it's such a dick move, but at the time you're an idiot, you know, mm-hmm. left a nine cent tip. Ugh. Dick move. That server deserved it. Trust yeah. me. That, I bet he probably did. You know what? Eating, he did not perform YMCA correctly. That so that's what it no. was. <laughs> this, like, that summer, it just keeps on going. Like, there's more nightmare to it. Like, like, I couldn't. I went home 
and I was trying to date at home too, and like that wasn't coming together. Like it was a real low point of a right. summer. You Wait, know? just back up for a second. So you're you're going away to college, and you yeah, come I'm up home in Syracuse. For, okay. I'm home for so the you summer. Come home for I'm the home summer. For the summer, it's, it's right? That, it's that reversion back. To exactly. Your going teenage back. Teenage yourself. Exactly. Going back to the hometown vibe, and yeah, you where the happiness of being at home. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're surrounded by all the memories of terrible high school. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it was, are you trying to date? Uh, new people or old no, people I'm, from I'm, the town? I'm meeting up with girls that I've known for like uh, my whole yeesh. life. Yeah. yeah. And like, you uh, go through that little patch where you're like, I'm going to try to like, yeah, like, like sew up these connections I think existed. Kind right. Of. Well, cause there's, you have, you have, they never really worked you have out sort of an well. injection of confidence from that first year of college right. of having the clean slate. Yeah. Starting over. And then you come back. Hey, I'm in college. Right. All these <laughs> right. girls from high school. They, you know. And they're still like, no, yeah. like, no, right. you're the same person or now you make even less sense than you did before. Uh, I can remember like there was a one girl who went and saw like Armageddon and <laughs> Good day, like, Mike. I think that she was into me. And, uh, I, I didn't like make a move on it. So that made things real awkward. And I saw her again when I was like, maybe thinking of asking another girl out that she knew. Oh man, I'm not going to stop over. But, uh, it just was like, it was, it was like the worst summer of my life. Right. And like a lot of it had to do with the fact of like, like next summer I went away. I went, I went like, uh, the college had like an abroad summer program. I was like, I'm out of here. I'm like, see you later. All right. You know, and then I got, I got out, uh, which was like so much better. But it, it's like, I, I have two kids now. I'm gonna just be like, like, don't come home. <laughs> right. We'll be like, well, fine. I'm gonna help them do something. But like, you don't know, what? live your life. Yeah. It's not like anything against my parents. I think my parents would just be like, you're 19. You should be able to start figuring things out. So, right. And it's own. the absolute. I was such a, an asshole at yeah. 19. Like that was me. 1920 was me at my most pretentious. Like yeah. trying to figure out what I'm in. And you I think have, you figured it out. You yeah. think you figured out who well, you yeah. are. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you think so, you figured out past the high school who you are. Yeah. It's like, okay, now this is who I'm going to be yeah. for as a grown up. So, I'm able to survive without my parents. And so, but even you, though they're paying So you everything. have that kind of unearned yep. uh, uh, feeling of superiority. But so this Johnny, is this like in your hometown? Are yeah, you, it was in the Freehold Mall. So you're having yeah. <laughs> like people you went to high school with? I had one of my really good friends. Am I, this was a point where serving. I was like, this is weird. My, Friend's mom saw me and she's like, Oh, this is adorable. It's so Ugh. great to see you here. This is so funny. And I was just like, This is fine that his mom is seeing me, but I'm like, What if he came? And I was like, I was like, That'd be really weird. And it's like that thing of like, people talk about when you're in prison, like, I don't want you to see me like that, man. Right. Don't come and visit me. You know <laughs> right. what I'm saying? And I think like, I think my friends understood that more. They never did come and visit That's me because they were just like, We're not yeah. going to watch you do this to yourself. Right. Yeah. We're not going to watch you wear like, Pale yeah. khakis, yeah. white button-up shirt, fifty diners hat with a Johnny Rocket apron with with your name tag in your hometown, dance in the YMCA. Yeah, yeah. we're embarrassed for you. Exactly. Uh, Nobody uh, will see you that yeah. way, man. Nobody. That's a very bad formative gig. I mean, that and especially tough. at that time in your life, I think that that leaves like an indelible. Mark, and then you have to, for everything moving forward, you're like, it can't be like that summer, the summer 98. Exactly. Well, I, also it just makes that thing of like, I wish you, you just talk to your friends where it's like, yeah, I worked in this cool restaurant in my hometown, like with, you know, these guys that took me around and showed me the way. <laughs> right. I'm like, I don't have any. Right. Right. I was like, I wish. I worked at this little Scottish place. Maybe you heard of it. McDonald's? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I just missed the point. I missed the point of it. Like, I just was so like, fearful and i was like i need work i'll just take whatever i can and it just really was really there hurt. any hint of that or the summer camp that you were like this could be a fun job like well summer camp job had been fun it had always been kind of this fun thing but i just was over it, it was yeah, over yeah. how many years hometown. have you been there oh man i worked through there through high school like through like the middle of high school you did the whole ca- cit did you guys well, have cit counselor in training to then become see, a no, see, that's that, how no. we did it at well, holiday hill they well came. jeff i think that 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 Applies to like sleepaway camp. Yeah. That was, which that was how we did at day. I didn't wow. go to sleepaway. I oh. went to day camp. Okay. Holiday Hill. Because at sleepaway camp, and I only did sleepaway camp for four, three or four weeks. Between, you are Jewish, though. Between, I am Jewish, and I did go to a Jewish sleepaway. That camp. is probably yeah, <laughs> between, yeah. in upstate New York, uh, Camp Tranquility. Okay. Only when I think I either went for three Lahaya. or four weeks between fourth and fifth or fifth and sixth grade. Hated it. Hated mm. every minute of it. It was. Um, I don't know if I've told the story on the on the show before about. My counselor modeled a condom for the for the group of kids. Imagine 
and I believe his name was Jeff too, and he had curly hair. I oh my God! <laughs> Imagine a counselor bringing a group of twelve, you know, twelve-year-olds yeah. into the into his room, uh-huh. wearing wearing a white T-shirt, nothing else. Oh my God! Doing almost like a burlesque. Pulling up the shirt I mean, to you've reveal. Got a lawsuit on your hand. Yeah. To reveal. I mean, this is 1989 or so. Yeah, so right. people did this do is, that. Exactly. <laughs> it, it looked like Snuffleupagus wearing a feed bag. This thing was just coming, and it was <laughs> to this day. Oh man, it's disgusting. So anyway, so but the I but regardless <laughs> of that, look at yeah, it I was. I love that. Like, <laughs> Mike, that Mike, Mike just like admitted like he got molested <laughs> on air, and he's like, anyway, jump back to you working at Johnny Rockets. He's like, dude, I don't know. <laughs> About milkshake. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But the, we all can bounce back so quickly from that story. <laughs> the point of that was that I was always sort of envious of my friends in high school who would go back to sleepaway camp as CITs and counselors because all you knew that all they were doing was, was not only modeling condoms, <laughs> but hooking up with the other counselors yeah, and it was were, a free-for-all. You were envious because your friends didn't get molested and that's why they wanted to go back to camp. I to mean, be fair, this counselor also made us perform a rendition of Eight Days a Week by the Beatles for the head counselor for some kind of talent show when he was leaving. Okay. I don't know <laughs> how that's all naked. Doesn't make anything <laughs> to better. To be dude. fair. Doesn't make, yeah, doesn't make anything to better. To be fair. To be fair, they also fed us pudding when we were asleep and then you, we woke up with like crust all over our face. <laughs> and this was talk about yeah the, the formative years for me is should be a telling <laughs> the focus, reaction. To the that. focus is on you, John. He showed he put a <laughs> condom on, and then we'd wake up in the morning crust on her face. <laughs> that smelled too, like a swimming pool. incident. Camp tranquility. Oh. I'll say to take the heat off of you at my day camp. We did a talent show where we performed the California Raisin song. Nice, uh, but we were all wearing. We're like wait, heard it through old. the grapevine. Yeah, heard AKA, through the grapevine. I think I think it might be the fort. I don't know. No, well, we, California. I'm saying we, it was because we wore garbage it bags. Was that okay. version and of then the wore blackface. <laughs> to, it was purple makeup. To, but we essentially, in retrospect, oh. were wearing blackface. Uh, our big, the one I did when I was in day camp was we just did Robin Hood men in tights. It was nothing, <laughs> nothing too <laughs> offensive. Uh, were you hooking up with other counselors? No, no, I wasn't. Well, because it was a day thing, and I that's was, the right, difference I wasn't, is that you, right. you get, you have, so the, you have the annoyance camp. of the camp experience yeah, without yeah. the, without the, with like the close quarters of night. Yeah, yeah, it was just, you know, I like, you get the fun of annoying kids without the fun of, <laughs> fun of the and you gotta put them on a school bus yep. every, uh, and get them out, or the parents come and pick the them up and stuff like that, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that just right. We had a poor, we had a poor kid that got tortured on the bus that everyone called snot. Scotty. Oh. And I remember distinctly my friends, who was a big dick and is probably dead now. Who knows? He was a summer camp kid. <laughs> right. Like, totally like a different side of the track. Just, just like a kid who just came with a beach towel and like you yeah. saw his parents. He wasn't yeah, a kid with a was. big dick that modeled the condom. He for, did okay. do that, but <laughs> while he was sure doing that, I remember distinctly on the bus to Snotty Scotty, there was a uh, a lip balm rolling around that had like picked up hair. Uh-huh. They stuck it in his ear and oh, broke it oh. off in the morning. Uh, and at the end of the day, it was still sitting in there. Oh, that's disgusting. And that was when I was like, ooh, being a bully isn't as much fun. No. But I continue probably. But, but no, I, okay, so let me ask you this about the camp experience. Because I remember going to day camp. Yeah, yeah. Early, this is probably, you know, second or third grade. Changing and putting on bathing suit for to go swimming. Yeah. And that you would hang your underwear up on a hook. Yeah. And there was this one kid. <laughs> I swear to God. And this is not supposed to be this, this violent torment of vile stories. But this kid left a fucking log of shit cradled <laughs> in his tidy whities like a newborn, you know, hanging on this wooden hook. There is nothing worse <laughs> than the changing room of a summer camp. Did you have to nothing deal, with, like, shit have to deal with that at all, man? Okay, Our summer right. camp took place in a school. <laughs> oh. Very like, very like easy. Civilized. Civilized. <laughs> like go out and play basketball, come inside, okay. eat lunch, like go out and do another activity. Basically, like you just babysat kids for like, right. you know, uh, like from like nine to three and right. stuff like that. Okay. Uh, no shit lock kids. Although, you know what? I will take that back. They did the where things really got crazy was they used to have the sleepover trip, the the camp out. Mm-hmm. And um I went one year and I actually never ended up having to actually work that because I don't ever think I had the uh, campers oh, man, that were old enough for that. Um but that's where things got crazy. That's where like kids Where would they go? 
they'd go, man, where they went to some park in New Jersey and, okay. and do that. And like, that's where kids would get naked. That's where like kids would get naked and, and like you moon people and sunny people. Remember yep. that term sunny people? Yeah. Sun? So like, what, was that? The, oh, that's the front. Someone that's the got, front. someone on our, uh, junior high trip to DC, uh, was sunning the other bus and okay. then got confined to their room. <laughs> Uh, and then I almost actually got kicked off of that trip as well. Why? Because I was supposed to be paired up with a friend in like three groups in the Smithsonian. And yeah. he said that we left him behind. Oh. And then they all pulled me off and were screaming at me. If I had my way, you'd be on a plane right now. And I was like, really? That's all it took? Oh, my God. Uh, well, was they were looking trip, for trouble. With apparently. You, uh, so, so let's, okay. So this is, this is a, this is a classic, like, American kind of teenager summer story. Pretty much, you, yeah, you, yeah. Like, uh, just the the sad part of it is that I was the loser in it. I wasn't the <laughs> guy who's getting laid all the time. Imagine like uh, one crazy summer with John Cusack, but like he doesn't get laid at the Last end. Last right. American Virgin, exactly. Like yeah, no right. one. Well, that ends sad. Like yeah, you know, that, that is uh, like it's just like you know, there was like some highlights. I mean, like I, I got drunk with my friends. Uh-huh. You know, meatballs too without without Sally the alien Kirkland. or exactly. the alien exactly. voiced by people. You know, I mean, like I like my parents, so it wasn't a drag to be home with them right. and they they actually kind of saw that i was depressed so i think they tried to make up for it. but right. like basically it was just me being like how can it work so well in college when <laughs> i'm who i am why doesn't it work at home right. and then you suddenly start to realize like oh this isn't like the place i need to end up for the rest of my life sure. right this is where the place i'm outgrowing yeah so so you talked about taking the johnny rocket shot because of the performing aspect yeah so i'm assuming at this time you're in college has the comedy bug bit? Are you performing? Are you? Uh, uh, you know, no. Once again, uh, Street Smart Murray on <laughs> on the game here. I, like I was like, for me to get into comedy was like this really roundabout road. Like for the longest time, I was just like, I I went by great generalities of like I want to be an actor, and I was like, I don't really know what that means. So I just kind of like coasted through like college. Like even if someone was trying to like, I I need. If my wife was here, she'd be like, damn right, this is true. Uh, <laughs> like, I kind of need people to tell me, like, be real emphatic with me. Uh-huh. I can't pick up on subtle hints. So, like, all the stuff I'd be doing in class was, like, always stretching me. I'd be, like, doing these, like, crazy dramatic roles, like Angels in America, all these other kind of things, you know? <laughs> angels and, in the Outfield. Ex- angels in the yeah. Outfield. I'd be playing the Christopher Lloyd Clark. Yeah. The TV show Angel. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the uh, movie Angel, the where, movie I'm, where Angel. I'm a studious yeah. in the day and I'm a whore yeah. at night. Or the movie Michael, where he, or starring John Travolta <laughs> yeah, as exactly. an angel yeah, exactly. who smokes. There's a, lot, there's a yeah. lot I was really working on, guys. Uh, really stretching myself <laughs> in a lot of different areas. So, uh... But, like, you know, the main stage shows I got cast in, it was, like, a huge comedy. It was, like, this, like, big, like, uh... 1941, the musical. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, for this, adapted for the stage. For the, exactly. <laughs> but it was so, like, I was like, oh, like, but I never put two and two together. I was like, oh, that's the thing you're good at. We just want you to try different things. Right. You know, no one ever said that to me. And so, um, so I got out of college and I, I got this commercial agent and I was auditioning and stuff like that. And, um... I'm kind of like, they're all like saying like, you maybe should go to UCB. And I was like, oh, I, I don't know about that place. It seems real intimidating. And uh, so like after like a whole bunch of other jobs, uh, like I went and toured the countries with a kid's show uh, and stuff like that. I got back from New York and I into New York and I was like, I, I'm just like, my career is nothing right now. I wait by the phone. <laughs> right. I wait by the phone to go on like a, like a Verizon audition, right. like, you know? I was like, I should go check this place out and at least see the classes are like. And that's that's really how I got into comedy. Uh-huh. So like 2004 is when I officially like kind of was like, oh, like I'm I'm a comedic actor. I'm a comedian, you know. Right. Where before I was just kind of like this kind of guy being like, well, whatever you have, throw it at me. You know? Right. But like, I don't think that this business really works that way. If you're good at something, that should be the main thing you're pursuing, sure. yes. so it can get you as much work as so, you possibly so can. So was that? But towards you were doing, you were acting in. I was acting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then- like uh, if there was like something free that you listed in backstage, I probably was going to do it. Uh-huh. Uh, I did a show in Lower East Side where it was like me and a body stocking in my underwear. <laughs> uh, that was real interesting. Was that was that the Mike Pace camp story? I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what it was. I, like I would come out and do a burlesque and model. That was a really weird show. By all the, directed by these Colombians, Columbia students, not Columbia. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Scarface. <laughs> <laughs> they were all from Colombia, and it originally started that the listing for that show is really funny. The guy was like, "I have the rights. I've talked to uh, what's what's uh, legs. What's his last name? McNeil. Legs McNeil. McNeil. He's like, I have the right. Cheshire's to punk, zone, my hometown to zone. punk the musical. Yeah. Exactly. He's like, I got the rights. I'm going to do a play." 
of uh, Please Kill Me. Oh, really? So I was like, oh, cool audition for this. It sounds great. Yeah. So got it. And a couple other people got it. And then he comes back. He's like, hey, guys. Yeah, that's not going to work out. All right. <laughs> so uh, me and my buddy here, we got this other crazy show. It's about a goblin. It's about a girl and a goblin. And I guess like everyone was like, mm, all right, we're already yeah. signed on for this. Uh-huh. And it just really came like, it's like, no, it was a bait and switch. It was always going to be the goblin show. <laughs> right. And so it was like me and like, a, you know, four other 20 year olds. And like, we're just doing this kind of weird abstract piece about goblins. And my parents blessed their hearts to come out to Lower East Side to watch me like play like a goblin that's like squats the entire time and is like tidy whities. It was like so weird. You were the goblin. I was. I think I was the goblin or it was one a of the stage adaptation of the movie Gothic. Yeah. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or uh, the movie Superstia or whatever. Uh, <laughs> sure, too. Uh, but I, I love the idea. The guy was the the the, the guy the producer was yeah. It's like. Look, Lex McNeil is ranting about punk for the fifteen thousandth time <laughs> yeah. to some publication. And we just can't, we can't get him. So let's do Sorry. something completely different. Let's do yeah. something completely yeah. different. Uh, yeah, so that's weird. I haven't talked about that show <laughs> ever. Uh, that's a real, so like, ever exclusive. Right? Yeah. What was the name of it? Oh, man, I do can't remember? remember. What I can remember the you most. You were the goblin? I was like, I think there might a have goblin. been a myriad of goblins. Mm-hmm. And then the band like Goblin. Troll to the music. And it was a great, <laughs> great play that I loved a lot. Uh, yeah, I, this is like this girl and she's haunted by goblins. And like there was like another like they were all playing kind of like <laughs> children <laughs> girls and I, there was like I don't know it was really weird and I like those guys like here's weird things like I don't know if this happens to you this is getting so strange but you ever go to things and then see people you know but and stand right next to them but don't talk to them because they don't recognize you yes like I went and saw I think the Buzzcocks at Irving Plaza yeah and like those guys were there and I stood right next to it and we like we didn't talk to right. each other we all were like forget about the goblin time. right yeah. um, uh, that's actually that's most of my social interactions I see but the, uh, see for me I I'm like you know what. Everybody should just get over it. If I see somebody I know, I'm gonna I'm gonna at least acknowledge yeah. them. And I tell myself that well, as I walk thing. past the person and pretend I don't. I see just them. went to the Adult Swim up front yeah. or whatever, and it was just an exercise in how many people will I just not acknowledge because I'm scared that they don't want no. to talk to me. Right, right, right. So right. I just stand in the corner eating whatever vegetarian <laughs> food will come to my way. <laughs> like more kettle corn. Um, uh. So. So in in the these early days, kind yeah. of the, the pre UCB days, yeah. where you're, I'm I'm a struggling actor. Yes, that's what that's, I want to be. That was that was the quintessence. you could just hook that on top. Of How the, do I hook it? Uh, I just put oh, it on that way. Okay, good. For sorry. the listener, John is having problems with his. Uh, I am. I keep big problems. <laughs> um, <laughs> Why was so stupid? So during okay. the so during these early times, any any worse gigs in terms of auditions or just some you know well, apart you, from God? Do you want to talk about like my day job? Like let's talk about my day sure. jobs. Sure. All right. Yeah. My, my first day job when I got out of college was um like once again like so we all know how Johnny Rockets went right. Mm-hmm. So we all were like as Mike said I, I wasn't too keen to jump back into the restaurant business. Right. And also like I, like even though that that, that Johnny Rockets. Like, like I said, I had maybe one month where I knew how to be a waiter. Right. And I was like, man, I, I don't really feel like, you know, kind of going through that whole hazing process again mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, um, my dad was like, Hey, you know what? I got something for you. He's like, you can hook up DSL. He's like, I know. He's like, I got a guy who works for me. He's like, you can go work for him and you can go, uh, and do that as like your day job. And, and I've talked over with him. He knows you're an actor and he can let you kind of pop out for uh-huh. auditions and stuff like that. So I was like, all right, this sounds cool. I don't know anything about this occupation as well. But I was like, well, you know, how hard can it be? I'm a Might smart... as well be a technician. Exactly. I was like, <laughs> I love DSL. I mean, you know, yeah, I mean... I'm halfway there. <laughs> Downloaded so... left and right. <laughs> yeah. So once again, uh, I get myself in a situation where I'm way over my head, right? right? Mm-hmm. Like this was like, like utter culture shock. Like these, the guys that worked at this company were like, the most blue collar dudes. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, it's like technician is a fancy word. The people who are, are just like down to earth yeah. dudes. So like here I was like 21 sitting next to a guy who was basically like going through like a divorce, was, like <laughs> going through like his like serious marriage melting and me just like sitting on the side of it being like, I've never heard anyone talk <laughs> about this. My parents are still together. Like, yeah. what's going on? <laughs> like, you know, uh, just like guys that were like, who would like, 
pretty much like work through this job so they could like go to the Mets game and just right. like like smoke cigarettes with their wives and like watch the Mets. Where I would they'd be like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "I went and saw a movie." They'd <laughs> be like, "I've never heard of that movie. I don't know what you're talking." <laughs> never heard of a movie. Exactly. Like, be like, it would just be like that, you know, where it like there was like no understanding. There was like right. no common ground. Yeah. Right. And then once again. I got into this job, like, I don't know how to hook it up. So, like, I'd be like, they'd be like, do this. And I'd be like, I don't know, I don't know how. So, of course, they'd all get super pissed at me. Right. And they'd all be like, why are you even here? And then, of course, I had the... Because there's nothing those guys want to do more than do the job as easy as possible. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Or yeah. or teach someone a yeah. snot-nosed punk. Yeah, exactly. They want to get exactly. it done so they, they resent get you out. Like, exactly, exactly. So... And then, like, of course, there was the other aspect of the auditions, right? Mm-hmm. So there'd be some days where it'd be like, I'd come in for two hours, we'd get to a job, and it'd be like, hey, man, I gotta, I gotta go duck out. I gotta go, I gotta get down and, like, you know, Chelsea, I gotta go do a rush. I gotta go do it on. <laughs> yeah, like, tell them about Chelsea. I got a Verizon sure. commercial yeah. coming up, or I just gotta do a quick, uh, quick appointment, all right? And they'd be like, what the fuck, man? Like, <laughs> we gotta, we gotta hook up eight routers today, man. All of, like, all of Western New Jersey needs yeah. us. And I'd be like, uh, man, I'll, you know what? It's like, I got a good shot at this camp spot i really gotta get out gotta get out there and do it so like literally they would hate me they right. just would hate me they'd resent me and hate me and um the guy who hired me the my boss who is still a family friend uh and is a great guy but like him in an office is a different person than when you hang out with him right. outside oh, of the course. office yeah. and like i mean we all know that but like he could not talk in a regular tone it would yeah. just constantly be yelling you'd say good morning and he'd be angry at you and i was like once again being like like, oh my God, like, it's like your yeah. family friend. What the hell's going right. on? It's like, should be a little preferential. Exactly right. Not even that, or just like, like, yeah. why, why do you act like you hate me? And it's just like, he hated why everybody. Talk to people yeah. like they're normal people. Exactly. He just was like, he just would crush it. Like, day, but, but he was so stressed out. Like, now, and we even talk about the job now. I see him every once in a while. And he's like, yeah, you just, it's like, I was, he's, it was his own business. And he's right. like, I, you don't understand the pressure right. that, that goes on with it. That was a mistake bringing you on board. <laughs> exactly, right. Where it's just kind of like, I'm not sure, yeah. I'm you not don't sure. understand how you almost ruined my business. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm sure. And you got that audition, right? Yeah, exactly. It was all worth it, right? <laughs> well. Well, the one thing where I can remember one time he was like, yeah, you need to start working more. Because these guys need you, right? okay? And then him, at one point, then he was like, "But I noticed you're not going on anymore. That meant uh, as many auditions. What's going on with that?" <laughs> so I had to think of like, I had one side of him who was like, "I need you to do more work," but then the other side of kind of being like nice and fatherly, being right. like, "But oh. your real career, follow your dream." Yeah. <laughs> but so, do it on your own time. But yeah. you should be doing more of it. Come on. Which <laughs> is like what? So and also like, I don't know why I took this job again because like. Oh, great for to run for auditions, but I'd be out in like Teaneck, New Jersey, right. <laughs> hooking up Verizon when I'd, I'd have like a one o'clock at ch- in the middle of Midtown, where I'd be like, "How am I going to get from Teaneck?" So it'd always be like, "Hey man, do you mind like stop hooking up that DSL right now, driving me over to NJ Transit so I can go catch a train?" Or once a guy got, I'd be like, "We just got here. I need you to help me hook this up." And you want to get back and go in on a train? I'd be uh, like, "Oh, you know, man, if I got enough time, I'll try to come back at the end of the day and help you finish this." Just be nuts. It's horrifying. It would be nuts. It yeah. was like the it was. The worst kind of matchup How you could have. How long did you do that for? I did it for, uh, probably, probably maybe close to a year. Close oh, to a year. Okay. And I, near the end, once again, like every job, I, I kind of was starting to kind of get the rhythm of it down, able to kind of hook some stuff up. I, me and the guys had kind of come to an understanding about each other. I kind of became the kind of appreciative, like, you're different, but you're cool. Right. Oh, and, <laughs> uh, yeah, like, yeah, once again, guys, all mine are like really cliche movies. Okay. Sure. All right. <laughs> Uh, this one's more like Lucas, like where everyone's yeah. like, "Hey, <laughs> he's a gimp, but we love him." Exactly. You know, at the at the end, like smoke clears, the guy comes. He thinks he's gonna pound. He goes, hey, "You know, you're all right." Exactly. And then he pats totally. you on the back. Totally. And so then you take your helmet off and you have brain damage. <laughs> exactly. Um, but what happens at the end of this one is that the company had to lay people off. Ugh. They did. They didn't get a big account, so they had to lay folks off. And um, so that was really crazy. That's. That job then led me into one of the other great stories that I have of the drunkest I've, I've ever gotten in my life. Uh-huh. Uh, to, to sum that up, I, we got laid off, so we all were like, let's go out and drink, right? So uh, I decided to go out and just like drink tequila for the first time and not eat anything. Ooh, and then move. like have beer too. So like, like I, I remember getting on a train with those guys. And then I remember like being home at 10 o'clock at night and just being like, wow. And then going to sleep. And like, long story short, I basically found out that like, we had stopped like drinking at six. And what happened in those in between hours is I had been passing out on the train 
on the F train. This is when the F train ran from Brooklyn to Queens straight right, through. Sure, yeah. And I had been sleeping through the whole ride back and forth. And then it kind of started coming back to me. I would wake up and try to get off the train and figure out where I was. So I'd, I'd like walk around in Brooklyn for a while, <laughs> get back on. Oh then I'd wake up at the end of the line in Queens, get off, try to like figure out, get on another train, go back. Like this is amazing. This was a Tuesday night, by the way. Ugh. Uh, and I, I, I thank God I didn't get, I didn't get robbed. I didn't get anything. Yeah. I, everything was still on me. Um, but it was crazy. So I can remember, I was like, Hey guys, I went to go pick up a paycheck. I was like, Hey guys, what time we, what time we wrap it up? I kind of have a, a big block missing. I, I got home like, you know, 10, 11 o'clock and they were like, <laughs> dude, we put you on a train at like seven. They were all like, what happened to you? And then I was like, I thought about it. I was like, Oh yeah, that's why. <laughs> right. And I guess I so got my metro card was empty. Exactly. Exactly. I guess I got in my friend's neighborhood and I, I caught, he's like, dude, you left me the weirdest message last night. And I was like, what? He's like, um, you kept on screaming on the phone. John Murray's a spy. <laughs> John Murray's a spy. Uh, like all this kind of weird stuff. Uh, so that, that was the end of, of that job. That was right. like the, the cherry on top yes. of right. like, me saying goodbye to that. So then I, I went on unemployment for a while and had to kind of figure out the next gig. Unemployment was the best. Oh, it's I, good. Like I was just like, it was a dream come true. The one, the one time I was on unemployment was when they extended like the yep. Bush era unemployment yeah. cuts or whatever yeah wouldn't be unemployment cuts whatever it is uh and so i got an additional you know eight months it was yeah. only supposed to be a year I definitely were you on know tour that. no this was like before okay. band stuff this was this was probably like oh two or i so. probably thought but i was on tour when i was on unemployment oh, so it was nice. great because it was you know i got unemployment from a temp job because they were just too lazy to like right. say like and eh, nah yeah uh and yeah i would just call in from the road i call in from some kid's house yeah <laughs> like just let them know nope they didn't find anything today yeah. Uh, the only, I had to go in for one class, a resume writing yeah, class. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it was gonna be during the first week of like a six week tour. So I was like, I'm gonna be out of town for six weeks. She's like, I just come in tomorrow. Yeah. I don't Cause care. usually you're not supposed to, right? <laughs> you're not you're supposed, supposed to like, be there. Be in one place to do that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I never filled out a form. I never did anything. <laughs> but the thing they is, you have asked. to pay taxes on unemployment. You do have to pay back. Yeah. Sure. So I was, I was on it for, I think over a year and it definitely bit me in the ass a little bit when I had to eventually pay back. Pay that stuff back. It never, I, it always, it worked out perfectly no. for me. Yeah, it's not bad, <laughs> but it worked out, it worked out good for yeah. me too. Like, I mean, it was God bless America. So, so how about so you know you've been doing improv for a while, yeah, performing yeah. on stage yeah, in yeah, front yeah. of uh, uh, tens, tens to thousands of people, perhaps. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Let's keep it in the thousands. <laughs> how about how? Yeah. Give us a worse gig performing Pre- live. Uh, performing live. I was thinking about this. I don't know, man. It's it's tough. It's tough to kind of. Pinpoint that. Like, I, I was thinking about Torco, if there's really a bad gig on Torco. Which, for the listener, would be the touring oh, yeah, company yeah, that touring company. UCB. And that, that's kind of drawn. And they go around, you go around to schools, schools, and to colleges, and, things, and stuff like and, that. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think, there's no real bad gigs. One, because you're always with your friends, so like everything's always funny. The one thing is like, if the kids don't show up. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, we did a show. For like five students one time, but that wasn't a bad gig. It still was really <laughs> right. funny. Like it just was us. We'd talk to them and be like, "Tell us about your lives." They'd talk a little bit, and then we'd be like, "All right, we're gonna do something funny with it," and like do a scene, and then go right. back to talking to them. It was kind of like almost like the a lesson in like the oral tradition of storytelling. You know what <laughs> right. I'm saying? Well, it's that's similar to playing in a band and going on tour and yeah. playing those yeah. shows. I mean, the difference is you're not lugging all of this shit in, right. yeah, exactly. out of a van, and but you're getting paid no matter what. Yeah, you've got the like guarantee. But there, right. I, just because there aren't that many people there, I mean, uh, Oxford Collapse definitely had plenty of shows sure. to few to a small right. crowd that were good. Three yeah, Idaho, <laughs> good show. Oh yeah, no, we had that. We had that too. The only thing uh, I'm trying to think is like maybe there was like there's one that like the the college group that opened for us was like really big stage hogs mm. that like I had to kick them off stage. That was kind of a weird gig. Like how long were they going? They were going for like, a, they were like, we got 20 and they were pushing an hour pretty Jesus much. And it was just Christ. like, I can remember when somebody was like, we have to do something. Right. So like I went up there and I just was like, Hey guys, we done. Like they were saying goodbye to somebody. <laughs> and I talked to a standard. It was just like this kind of like, like, you know, freeze uh, goodbye. <laughs> and I remember talking to a, a student who went there and I was like, they were like, Oh yeah, I was on that team. I was like, man, when we went, they just really hogged it up. They're like, Oh yeah, we like we loved when you guys would come up. We'd always get a big audience, so that doesn't surprise me. Where I was like, that's that's kind of crappy. Yeah, 
Um, well, because that's like a move. Like I, I would pull that with my high school, like hardcore band. Yeah, where like our first couple shows, I remember being like, we shouldn't play more than ten minutes anyway. <laughs> yeah, but I would. My logic was, why wouldn't we play every song we know? Yeah, right, right. That's maybe a forty-five minute yeah. set of bad hardcore. Yeah, well, you don't, you don't understand that stuff when you're sixteen. You're, yeah. you're an idiot. I remember, right. I remember playing at bar in New Haven, Connecticut, yep. which is a great, great place right by Yale. It has great pizza there, and it was a Sunday night. It was snowing. We all had to work the next day. It was big. Local, you know, there's a big right. local draw as the opening band who brought no one. Yeah. They were wearing Hawaiian shirts. Um, and they played, they played after us, but we couldn't get paid until they ended the show. They did three Rolling Stones covers, oh, five man. additional. They played for an hour and 45 minutes to no one That's on a insane. Sunday night in uh. New Haven. And we, all we want, and it's just, it's, that when you're when you're sharing the stage yeah. with someone that doesn't appreciate or take into consideration the audience's right. time, it's a it's a real bush yeah. bush league move. Yeah, well, yeah. it's also that thing of like you know, especially like college because you can cut the excuse and you know people that are performing like if you're a young performer, you don't see it that way. You see it of like, yeah. oh man, I just, this is gonna be great for me. But it's like, yeah, the more it goes down, like the more you start. Be doing comedy or, or any kind of performance, you're just like, oh yeah, they have to sit through like three hours of this. Yeah. They're gonna like the audience is just gonna like yeah. turn off, man. They're not gonna care. Well, because you also realize there's gonna be another show. Yeah, you're not gonna. This isn't the last one you do. Yeah, you know, you're exactly. at that age and you think like this might be the only one. Right, right. Like you know, I, I think I see that even with students sometimes. Like they're just excited, and I can get yeah. that. But it is tiring when you're the yeah. <laughs> the, the so, old man who gets it. And yeah. he, as as an improviser, here's a question for mm. you: like the the kind of um, um, the fact that it's, 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 uh, what's the word I'm looking for when it, it ephemeral. Yes. The fact that improv is ephemeral. It's on stage. It's happening As then and there. Hammond called it gossamer. It is, it is <laughs> right. gossamer. Yeah. It's, it's not like you're, you're a band, you're playing your songs that you've rehearsed, that you've written, that you've, you know, right. that you're, you're perfecting every night. Um, if it doesn't, I mean, what's your attitude towards, you know, if maybe it doesn't go as well as you'd like it to go, is it is a kind of do you sit and stew about that, or is it just oh well, it's on to the next. It's going to be different the next not, night. Not, you, like not anymore. I think that I used to kind of be a little bit more like down in the dumps, but now you kind of just look at like oh, why didn't that work? Oh, that's why. Well, there was like good parts here and there, and then it's like like kind of what uh, Jeff just says. Like there'll be another show. Like right. you know, that's the one thing with like improv. Improv is like sand in your hands. You can't hold on to it. So it's just like. There's no reason to get angry or bummed out about a disposable art form. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. If it's like a sketch or it's like a show that's like really kind of like like a spank. A spank is like a yeah. show at the UCB, that, a new one. Uh, like a sketch show where it's like it's locked in and that kind of goes down the pipes or something like that. I think that that's something more where you're like, oh, what the hell? Like, we got to fix this. Mm -hmm. Right. But where... Improv is a little bit more like, oh, I got knocked down on that one. You can get back up again. And a lot of the times, too, it's just like, Trying to, some of the, another tour code that, that came, came up that was kind of weird is that, uh, we did a show, I think, where Romank and I kissed. Mm -hmm. And I think the college we were at, that didn't fly too mm -hmm. well. And I mean, like, so that show, like, the audience, like, attention after that happened went, you know? And, like, was it because it was, like, a religious school or a fratty school? I think it just it was, was a fratty. It was Brigham Young University. It might have been, oh, right. been a fratty school. I think yeah. it was, like, upstate New York. And I just yeah. it was, like, I don't think that kind of stuff's really made it right. up there right. yet. You know that stuff? Homosexuality? Anyway. Right. But, uh, Never heard of it. Get yeah, it out of here. Don't understand it. Don't <laughs> get it. Is it the boss from the... Uh, uh, DSL place. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Up here in Watertown, that stuff doesn't fly. <laughs> but anyway, you know, it's like, once again, like on that too, it's like, that was the audience. Like, we did a good job on that show. We tried our damnedest, you know. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not our fault that they, they couldn't take the joke on that. Sure. Right. You know, it's also like, it's weird on like with Torco sometimes, uh, even on the front of just like, you're dealing with, teenagers you're you're dealing with like you're you get up and ask a teenager to talk to you mm -hmm. and talk about their lives and like they are either like they don't have a lot going on in their lives because yeah. they still only have the mom and dad experience <laughs> or they get kind of protective because you're older than them and they see you as an authority figure that they can't trust <laughs> right yeah. we interviewed one kid and he wouldn't talk to us and the whole audience was like don't tell him don't tell like like as if like I was like we had to be like we're not here to bust you like this fucking narc yeah exactly this the, us interviewing isn't so like some guy from backstage <laughs> right like, sure, sure. exactly you know so there's like an aspect to there where it's like um I think that with those kind of shows especially Torco you can kind of look at like well it, the audience is involved as much as what maybe what we did in making it not really work out but like really like 
you know, if it, like I said, a show doesn't go good, you you can kind of like you get down and be like, I could have done something better. But like I said, it's it's pointless to kick your show. Sure, right? Shark, Did it take know? a while for you? Because that like you know, my therapist always talks about this Steve Allen quote. Yeah. Uh, where like an interviewer asks like, Oh, do they get your show in Boston? And he's like, They see my show, but they yeah. don't get it. There. Yeah. Uh, and that man, he's just like, he'd like use that for my life. Like he uses that as like an example of like, you know, just people in general. Right. Uh, but do you feel that's, I mean, that like that kissing incident feels like that. Like, like basically like how long did it take to kind of like realize that, that sometimes the audience is just not gonna, it, it took a get while. It, it took a while because like, uh, like, you know, I, I save money and I use my wife as my therapist. Mm-hmm. So like she basically <laughs> got tired. Of me coming home and stewing, especially when I was starting out, you right? Know, like, uh, like taking classes at the Magnet and like you know really UCB classes. Yep. If like you know grad shows didn't go well, and then like first like you know weekend team kind of things didn't go well. Like yeah, you come home and I'd be like this grump, this un- unconsolable grump. Right. Like the, the, this is where I, the most specific example I remember. I found my three hundred one mm-hmm. show on a DVD. So <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna watch this. Is a sketch or improv? Improv. Improv. Okay. So I I watch it. And, Who was your teacher? For uh, my knowledge, I think it was Mulaney. Okay. Kevin Mulaney. Uh, and I watched. That was my three hundred one teacher as well. Oh, cool. Way. Yeah, it was, yeah. Three hundred one being the level yes. of, of, uh, of it, mine was three A at that point. Oh wow. Yeah. I think maybe that was what it was for yeah. me too. I just uh, have reverted the levels. Yes. <laughs> um, but I think I so I popped in and I think my I think Veronica even said to me she's like don't don't watch that don't <laughs> right. do that don't do it and I watched it and like like visibly depressed I like I hated it. <laughs> And I think that Veronica, she's like, look, it's the past. She's like, you can't change it. Like, right. you gotta let this go. She's like, you can't harp on this. It's like, there's nothing you can do to change it. And you can't, and it's like, you're so much better now. Right. It's like, learn from that instead of like harboring. And so like, I like, it's really kind of the mentality I take to every show where it's like, you know, you gotta sit there and be like, you can't, you can't change it. You have to kind of like let right. it go. And so mm-hmm. it, it's, but it did take me a while to get there. I mean, I think the significant other is also. A key thing Huge. too, because like that's the same. Like that's one of the reasons I had to. One of the reasons I had to eventually start therapy is because like I couldn't use right. my now wife well, as a therapist anymore because yeah. it was like she had dealt with it for years with Panthers, and, and then to start all over with comedy again. Yeah, yeah. To yeah. have the same in, where the, to a certain point, she's like, "I love you," but the idea is yeah. that you can't. The, the idea is that you need to speak to someone who has no relation yeah. to right. you whatsoever, yeah. so you can get an objective. Because you want you, you want them to be happy and not just yeah. see the yeah. miserable part yeah. of you. I mean, because if I had my druthers, I think so, or like at least a couple years ago, I would just want to wallow in it. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, because it's just it felt so comfortable. I, I uh, honestly think about. Uh, therapy. I, I I I don't go see someone. I have mm-hmm. seen people in the past, but I'm thinking about maybe getting like big admittance here on air. Uh-huh. But I think about getting back into it because right. of that reason. Because sometimes I feel like it is unfair to dump on your loved one a little bit and be like, solve this problem for me. Oh, absolutely. And it's like not yeah. even a thing of like that. There's. I know this sounds cliche to to say it, but like. Uh, there's nothing wrong with you to go see a therapist. It is that great thing of what you just said of like someone who you can, who's outside of it. Yeah. Who you can go in a room with and just be like, you know what? Here's like everything that pisses me off about chasing comedy. Yeah. And I can just like dump that on you. And like, it's really always, it really always boils down to how you really feel about yourself. Right. And then kind of just sit there and be like, all right, I spared, you know, my significant other two hours of having to kind of dig me out of that hole. Yeah. Yeah. So well, speaking about chasing comedy, this is, this is, this is, uh, something that is, Unique to you in that there is another John Murray who is involved in comedy of the, of oh, the, yeah, com- yeah. the musical comedy duo Stucky and Murray. Stucky Murray, yeah, yeah. I think, he, I think he's J-O-N, you're J-O-H. Yes, yes. So he's probably Jonathan Murray. Yeah, my brother's so, yeah. name is Jonathan yes, yes. and he's John. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, 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 what, I mean, does that ever does that ever come into play where you're mistaken for him, or um, someone gets in touch with you, or vice versa? Let's see. Once, once a mistake happened, uh, I think uh, there was a UCB uh, emailing list about a bit show, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Hey, John, we really would love to get you and your guitar and uh, you to do something." <laughs> and I just had to be like, "Wrong, Murray." And that's really the only time it's happened. We actually have never met face to face. We always get told about each other. Um, the world might implode. In the world might implode. It might end. Uh, cause he, uh, he, I think, or at least used to, I, I, this is like the grapevine, the John Murray grapevine. Uh, he works at Fuse. Yeah. Or was a producer mm-hmm. yeah. of Fuse for, for a little bit. So, um, 
I would go in for auditions at Fuse and they'd always be like, oh, John Murray, the other John Murray, he's at the office and they'd like try to bring us back so we would meet. He'd never be there. <laughs> right. So, uh, and stuff like that. And then, um, I guess people tell him about me too. And I know he's studied improv. I think he's been like, oh yeah, we should get together and, and do an improv set and stuff uh-huh. like that, which I'll put it out there, John Murray. I'm, I'm there, man. If you're listening, <laughs> if you're listening, you set it up there, up actually, there. there actually is a stand up comic named Mike Pace yeah. who uh, I think was featured on an early episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm he's you know, a lot older I think he lives in Colorado or something right. but I found myself being included on a tweet that like great show at the Ice House like with right. XY and Mike Pace because apparently I had performed right. at the Ice House well having so. a common name like man I get added on to Twitter stuff all the time right. there's a yeah. Scottish comedian I think that's a John Murray as well and sometimes it'll be like I'll get like Put on some kind of tweet from England where it's like, oh, go like, <laughs> what's, Wait, go Chelsea. Please and, pursue that accent. And, you were, you were, you were oh, going to commit oh, to that. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh go, go Chelsea. Oh, John Mary. Oh. Uh, but anyway, I get included on that and I'll just, yeah. I never correct it. I have literally like some bar in England follows me and I, I just was like, fine. Yeah. Sure. Whatever. Um, but there's more John Murray's. There's, uh, there's John Murray who's a student now. Uh, he's J-O-N as well. Uh, I've taught him. That was really weird to be like, John Murray, are you here? Right. Uh, but he's, <laughs> oh, I a, think I might have taught a John. Yeah. I taught John Murray too. Yeah. Big tall John Murray? Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he's a good guy. The show's going out to John Murray. John Murray, we love you. We love you, John Murray. He's a really good dude. Uh, who else? And then there's Bill Murray's brother, which is John yep. Murray, who was in Moving Violations. And oh, the, le- the, that's the least successful Murray brother. Uh, yeah, I guess he's, he'd be probably. Well, be, well there's two that like don't act. You referenced, right. uh, uh, One Crazy Summer starring one of the. Bri- the uh, not Brian. Uh, Joel, Joel, who was on yeah. Mad Men. Yeah, Joel's yeah, on Mad yeah. Men. Yeah, Joel is, is pretty successful. Yes, and Brian Doyle. Brian Doyle. Brian It'd be like Doyle. Brian Doyle, Bill, Brian Doyle, Joel. And then the And other. then John. And John, then I think there's like. I can't picture John. Wait, did at John? All. Well, he was in Moving Violations I can't from 1985. Remember movie, I remember Moving Violations, but I don't I, Did he ever have a, anything else? Moving happened? Violations. He's in Moving Violations. He's also in Scrooge. He plays Bill Murray's brother in Scrooge. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, yes, that guy. That's John Murray. He looks the least Murray, probably. He does look the least Murray. So. Speaking of movies, mm. th- um, can you think of what's what's the worst gig you've ever seen in terms of maybe something you were really excited for, be it a movie or a concert oh, or show, and you were really disappointed uh, by it? Okay. Uh, oh man, this this is pretty good. Uh, let me. Th- it's a new segment here on the <laughs> yeah. show. Yeah, new segment. I like I like this. Um, well, disappointed in movies, I, I like it's out there. I can't think of one off the top of my head. One thing that's really popping in my mind is that I saw the band Clinic with Veronica. Remember? Have you guys yep. ever heard Cl- Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they were playing England nonstop. Yeah. We yeah. Were surgical mask. Always yeah. in a surgical right? mask. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We were real pumped to see him. They did a set at like, uh, Barry Ballroom mm-hmm. and we were like really into him and we saw them and they literally played for a half an hour. They played 15 minutes. Oh. It was continuous. It's nonstop songs. Yeah. But I can remember just really being livid that they had played such a short <laughs> right. set. I just was like that. This is like, does not compute. Right. Uh, in retrospect, yeah, they probably didn't have enough songs. You know, what were I'm they saying? opening their... or were they headlining? They, they headlined. That was a headlining show. That's a on bold 30 move. Thirty minutes. Back. Yeah, thirty minutes, like yeah. nonstop, like that crazy Must... organ. Yeah, but they always play. Must but it can really something... be like we were like woohoo, and then being like afterwards, being like wow. Um, so that was something that was like a kind of a, a gig that was a uh, a disappointment. I'm trying to think. I feel like there's a movie that I really look forward to seeing. Well, while you're thinking about that, that when you bring up short sets, I remember seeing Cat Power play a CMJ show when I was in college. She had oh, one yeah. of her mental breakdowns. I don't remember that. It was at NYU, and I, she played for 20 minutes. Mike's uh-huh. Veronica like has gone to four Cat Power shows that that and are the Ver- same Veronica, exact story. <laughs> my wife. Your Veronica's wife. my wife. Sorry, uh, Veronica. It, like she would go and see her. She really liked her. Would try to catch her every time she came into town, and every time it would right. be like 20 minutes but, in. I remember seeing her play for 20 minutes, and then I think she probably just ended. I don't remember the details, but I remember thinking at the time, this is either one of the best things I've ever seen or one right. of the worst. I cannot figure it out because yeah. it wasn't long enough. No, no, yeah. and I'm glad because because I it was she she left an impression, but she didn't get grading. Right, right. It was the, actually the perfect amount of time to see a band, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I, w- I would say uh, I saw Brian Setzer open for Tom Petty, and he walked off stage. And like at the time, we were all like, "What the hell?" But like looking back, I'm like, I got to see Brian Setzer have a sure. hissy fit and walk. Was off this stage. the Brian Setzer Orchestra? No, this or... was like like uh, maybe Big Voodoo Daddy, like right. Brian Setzer, or like yeah. whatever the backup band, not Stray Cats, okay. right? Like kind of when he's going back that way, he's yeah. dropping the orchestra, yeah. and he just we're at PNC in in 
in New Jersey, uh, and he's just playing. And I was like, I don't mind. Brian. Can't see the one that's outside. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't mind Brian Setzer, and but like, I don't know what someone was doing that front row, man. But all of a sudden, he just like tossed down the guitar. And he's like, you know what? Forget this, all right? And just like walks oh, off the stage. Wow. And you're just like, what? And I look it up on the internet, and it's out there. They're like, the only show he's ever walked off stage, really? PNC, New that's, Jersey. That's Brian great, Setzer. So like, right, I was like, that's that's pretty neat. I saw Maiden once, Iron Maiden at PNC. Yeah. Uh, and it was a torrential downpour. Yeah. And we had the fields. Yeah. And so there was this one point where we had four umbrellas trying to make a weird turtle shell out of <laughs> yeah. it. Did not work. But they didn't, they didn't walk off the stage. Oh, no. They, they, were, they were amazing. Have you ever seen anyone walk off the stage? No. The, I, now that I'm thinking about it, I cannot think about seeing... I don't I've think never I've seen, seen anyone, I don't think, walk off the stage. I did like, I did get to see Fugazi stop playing multiple times yeah. to admonish the audience. Yeah, for, yeah. But that was like a standard at a certain yeah. point. Uh, I, saw the, I saw the Muddy Buddy Bostones admonish the audience oh, once. Oh, really? <laughs> and they were I, like... They were like you know that guy? He's got the crazy voice. He's like, "Hey, Dickie Barrett." Yeah, he's like, "We never stopped the show, but this guy did it." He's like some like nineteen-year-old kid who keeps stage diving, and the kid's like, "Whatever." He's like, "Quit doing the shit, man!" Wow. Shut <laughs> back out. Uh, no, I do remember them. St- I do remember that happening at a ten-yard fight show. Uh, okay. a Boston hardcore band. It was like one of the first big shows in Boston, like after years of a lot of gang violence yeah. shows. And someone like stopped the show, and he made a big well, stink. I mean, that yeah, would happen. A that would happen at. But that one was pretty big, just because like then people started fighting during the admonishment, <laughs> yelling out Wolfpack and FSU yeah. and all the gang names. It was just like, Jesus but you know, Christ. I can't, I can't think of an artist, uh, yeah, no, or a real, having like a like, real concert of people yeah, having being off. a prima donna and, yeah. and walking off. Of that. That's yeah, that's one. You keep that one in your back pocket. It's there. good, yeah. man. It's that pretty Bri- cool. That Brian sets up. Drop, drop, drop that in cocktail <laughs> conversation. <laughs> Guys like Brian Setzer, guess what? So to to uh, to bring all of this full circle, mm. another question mm. that we ask all of our guests: mm. What do you think of the word gig? Oh, gig. Um, I think of it in kind of like uh, I think of it in a positive sense. I, I think of it like that thing of like in a band sense. It's funny we're talking about bands because I've always looked at doing improv as like the closest I'll ever come to being in a band because I can't play a musical instrument. <laughs> so uh, a lot of people look at improv as a sports team. Right. Uh, which I, I just, I, like I played sports when I was younger and I'm just like, it's just never really stuck with me as like a love. I always love music and stuff like that. So that's where I always kind of feel like it's like that. So it's always like a gig is like, it's, it's a, like for me, it's a paying gig. It's like, it's always something good. I never use gig in like, it's a drag of what I got to go to. Right. I'm like, when you hear me say the word gig, I'm like, I'm most likely getting paid for it. And I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm really looking forward to it to get up there and do it. Uh, so yeah, I, I like, um, I guess just good in a positive way. I don't mean to not articulate myself more, but paid like, gigs are good gigs. Hey, paid gigs are good gigs. Yeah. You know what? Actually, now that I think about it, like, last year, or maybe a year and a half ago, I saw Randy Newman play. Yeah. This <laughs> on Long Island, CW Post College. And he, it was, you know, he played a Manhattan show. And so yeah. this was the show on Long Island. And it was not sold out by any means. Okay. And Randy, the consummate professional that he is, is just him on the piano on stage. And he says, he says, a lot of people came dressed as empty seats tonight. <laughs> which was, which, and then he Master of words. played. So he good, did, man. He yeah. did, and then he, and then he, he, then he said, I think he said, fuck. And then he just, <laughs> Then he went into <laughs> like, Hello, so, and then, and then, he, and, then he, and then he actually <laughs> fucked up one of his songs, which was great. Um, Just inducted the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this year. Yeah. Was hey, he? Look, yeah, I, I, good big, for Nooms. He's awesome. He's a man. This, this episode goes out to Randy Newman. Randy he's Randy fan. Newman. John Murray's a Randy Newman. So, so John, you know, you've told us some amazing tales. I have one the, more I really want to share with you guys. I think oh, you'll appreciate yeah, this. Let's this, give this, it. Let's do it. Important. A little bonus. Bonus so one tale. of my other day jobs when I got in the city, I got back. I had done a kid show, uh, which was not as crazy. You know, I went and did this equity kid show. It was fun, whatever. I don't want to say about that. What I want to focus <laughs> on when I got back, I <laughs> got a story, I got a job <laughs> at a video store, guys. I went and worked. I was a video store clerk for a while. Nice. Which uh, Jeff knows. Uh, and Mike, you know, too. You were at the, the freaking screen. I really love movies. I'm a yes. big movie fan. So to me, this was the dream. Sure. Like I had, I was like... um, this is like, I'm, this is my Tarantino time. Yep. This is my time to shine and really be like, uh, and it was an independent store. It wasn't a chain. Okay. Mm. Uh, I don't know if it's still around. Uh, it was made famous in Seinfeld. It was champagne video. Yeah. For, uh, yeah. what, Nick's picks or whatever? Uh, yes. So, uh, wait. 
champagne. Was it Nixpix? Was it Vix or Nixpix? Wait, this is in New York. New York, New York City. Working at a video store in New York City. We always have a wide selection of Gene picks. Oh, Gene yeah. sucks. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm Gene. Yeah. And the look on Kramer's face, it's the thing that always kills me after years. He looks at him and he goes like, yeah. Like he's <laughs> real psyched he met Gene. Uh, but yeah, so you're working so, at Champagne Video. I'm working at Champagne. Uh, so a friend of mine, the kid I had been on tour with, he got me the job. So the guy who owned Champagne Video was like the most intense motherfucker you've ever met in time. It's like, bald guy. I had a meeting with him in a limo, all right, where he was like, you want this job? He's like, because oh, you, you know your friends with Paul. I'm going to hook you up. All right, I'm going to give you this job. Once again, a man who was never happy when you saw him. He'd be like, good morning. And he'd be like, fuck you. And like, like not like my other boss at Speedwire who would just yell good morning back right. at you in an angry way. He would just be like, don't fucking talk to me right now. And he'd be like, whoa. So once again, like Street Smart Murray would be like, people like this exist. I'm shocked, you know. <laughs> and so it slowly dawned on me this this dream of mine, like was not the the dream that I thought it would be. Okay, like you can't watch whatever you want in the store. Right. Okay. All right. I'm gonna tell you that one. All right. So like it was a shitty time for movies, man. Like uh, the one I was trying to think of what was like really Legally Bond was like popular. Yeah. Like so okay. this had to be like what this was like 2002. Yeah. Yeah. There was like not a solid a film rough in the period. theater, right? Yeah. yeah, there's nothing like there's none of us being like, yeah, remember when that great movie came out in O2? Right. I mean, maybe like wait, like, Kill Bill Part Two came out in O2? No, that that early? Maybe? I don't think. I don't that think so. Maybe that was later. Much later, yeah, or not right. much. Later, uh, you know what? Later. The only thing that came out on DVD around that time that like was 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 solid was Tenenbaums. I yeah, think, okay. I think that yeah, Tenenbaums sure. came out. I uh, hit the hit hit that it's, point. It's sort of a nadir for American cinema. Yeah, yeah. so it's like a little bit like, Ugh, you know. Um, so really, like, it just was like, and that's what you'd have to play. You'd have to put on Legally Blonde. You'd have to like. I feel like the type of movie you'd be putting on is like Hollywood Homicide with Ford. I know that's like right. later, but like that yeah. kind of just like generic like. It's supposed to be a comedy, but no one's laughing. Cuffs. Kind of movie. Yeah. yeah, that's what you're... Well, <laughs> yeah. Cuffs is pretty funny. Lowest, <laughs> lowest common denominator filming. Yeah. yeah. And so, and then, like, you know, this was on the Upper East Side, so the customers were not people that were, like, really loving life and loving movies. Um, my coworkers were all kind of crazy. Uh-huh. Uh, divorced woman who was kind of, like, was getting over being divorced. <laughs> that's hard. Uh-huh. And so she was carrying a lot of weight of that. One of my other employees was this girl who was engaged to a guy, but she then would keep telling, who was one of our coworkers, but then keep telling me about all the other dudes that she was dating and kind of doing stuff with. Always nice so, and awkward. Yeah, just kind of sitting there being like, what is going on? <laughs> and then the customer, one customer was great, always coming for porn. Yeah. And then would tell me that he was in porns in the 70s. So he's like, oh, I work with this person. And he would always come like five minutes before closing and try to lock you into 70 porn stories. And he'd be like, what are you doing here, man? So Did like, they have the saloon doors for the porn section, or was yeah, it? like it was a back room. There yeah. might, I think, one of them might have had the saloon doors, and like just the craziest boxes you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, like just like tough stuff. Yeah. Um. So Did was, you have to do the restock. I'd have porn? to do, do that yeah. restock. Yeah. Uh. I mean, like I could handle it. Uh, I heard the antamnic thing that you had that girlfriend who yeah. got got bumped. Well, the restock just, was a bummer. Just as as of how much? What's the percentage of porn that is rented at a video store versus? Real movies. Re- regular movies. I mean, is it a huge? All of it, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, like, it was so much porn. It was yeah. just dudes. It's just like dudes that come in there and are just like, give it, that's, that's what they're going for. Do that's... they ever run to porn and a regular movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They mix <laughs> it to up. To cover it up. They cover, yeah. like, not even to cover up. They're like, I'm going to watch this movie and then when I get done with that movie, I'm going to watch that and jerk <laughs> Hollywood off. homicide on tap. I'm going wa- to watch Harrison Ford yeah. and Josh Harnett go at it. All right. And then I'm going to go watch these other women go at it. You <laughs> and know then I'll saying? watch Hollywood homicide again. Exactly. Go at it. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, and then, you know, here's me. I'm, I'm trying to fight the good fight. So people ask me, like, what's good? Um, what is the name of that film? Um, they're cleaning out the asylum. And the Dream Team. That's nah, it's like I want to say District Nine. It's not though. Section Nine, something like that. Have you ever seen that? It's a horror Section. film. I mean, but cleaning the, out the asylum. Cleaning out. It's like a shot kind of documentary style, but not. It's they're cleaning out a sanatorium. Right, uh, right, it's right. Closed, but it's haunted. So it oh, drives on the guys nine. insane. Yeah, I think it's Section huh. Nine. Section Nine. Yeah. yeah, not a bad film. Right. Uh, I can remember one couple came in and I was like, they were like, hey, we're looking for something. And I was like, you know what? Check it out. I was like, pretty scary. I enjoyed it. <laughs> so they read that they leave. Weeks later, they come back, right? Weeks and, later. Like, yeah, they're like, you know, I didn't work or whatever. I'm getting the shit. I'm checking them out. I'm like, hey, guys, how are you? Oh, good to see you again. I was like, what you think of that movie? And they were like, we didn't like it, man. We didn't like it at all. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like a personal attack. They didn't want to talk to me. 
they like, you know, it's just like that thing, like you, you, you get that job and you think it's going to be like Tarantino. You think it's going to be like that. It's going to be like that. Him and Roger Avery at that store are going to live right. the dream. Yeah. Right. And then once you get it, it's like not at all. Right. And, and all you want to do, people trust your opinion. You yeah. want to be dispensing. Yeah. You want a great move. What are you, what are you looking for tonight? And exactly. then you give them right. their pick and yeah. then you become their trusted advisor. Exactly. Become their gene pick. Exactly. Yeah. You become their, that's what I was going for. Did not work out. It was right. just a nightmare. And it was just like, I just should have said like rent legally blonde. Rent whatever's playing on the screen right now. We got Mannequin 2 did, on the loose. Did anyone ever ask you for a porn recommendation? No, I never got a porn recommendation, okay. no. That never went down. Um, <laughs> it just would just be like, porn rentals would just like, a guy would never look you in the eyes. It's sure. Just like, yeah. They're ashamed. Yeah. And then like, you know, your my coworker would be like, I got to go in the back. And then he'd come in the back with like a couple of videos, put them in his bag, take them around the sensor. Like he was pretty much like he's like I need I need this for myself tonight. I'm gonna bring it back <laughs> <Right>. tomorrow. <laughs> well, on that note, champagne, champagne, champagne. Hey, clink, clink, pop, pop it off, Very pop it off. Um, well, look, John, you got you got all this stuff going. You you shared all these fantastic worst gigs. I mean, they're you know from from your jobs, yes. your serious. From your, your career. Yep. Yeah. You got, you got a shift you got to pick up later on tonight. <laughs> I gotta, I, go, gotta go work at my YMCA, you, guys. You got all this stuff going on. You got it. I don't know where you're going after this. Doesn't matter. We just want you to get home safe. Thank you. I appreciate that, guys. Worst gig ever. 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 ever.